0: All right. Good evening, everybody. Some faces I know and some faces I have not seen before, but uh, we're all brothers and sisters, right? So when Cyrus had originally asked me to do one of the equipping nights on, you know, the prophetic or words of knowledge or something to that extent, because that's kind of my, the prophetic is my passion primarily. And I thought, okay, I've got 10 hours of teaching on the prophetic and I have 15 hours of of teaching on hearing the voice of God. And then he said, you have 40 to 50 minutes. Mm -hmm. Okay, (laughs) let's see how that works out. So this has been a little bit of a stretch for me, but uh, God started giving me new stuff as I went, as he always does, because his mercies are new every morning. And everything with him is always fresh and full of life. So anyways, I'm very excited to be here. And uh, the title of my message, I was kind of figuring out, okay, it's got to have a title because I was looking at the stuff on the website and I was like, oh, everything's got a title on there. I need a title. And so my title is dot, dot, dot. And here's your perfectly percolated cup of coffee, AKA giving a good word. You like it? Okay. I'm going to need to just grab a Kleenex here quickly. So question for you, what happens? Hi, come on in. I'm sure there's usually a small trickle between seven and 730, right? So question for you, what happens when you force air through a dirty filter? Does anybody here work in air conditioning or furnace or anything like that? Well, what i mean this is not a hard question at all what happens when you push air through a dirty filter right so the resulting air is dirty right charlene's getting all technical on me over there <laughs> it's all good so it's the same thing when god is trying his trying to breathe his words and his love through us right if we have a dirty filter if we have a heart that is not right before God and before man, um, then the words somehow become tainted, even if we may not be aware of it. And actually, usually we're not. Do we have And there we go. And usually we're not aware that this is happening and that's the scary part. So it doesn't matter how pure the source is if the delivery system is tainted. Am I right? So we are filters. I think that's everybody knows that that's where I'm going here. So we are filters. Our source is pure. He's the purest source in the whole universe. Yet he chooses to use these fallible and susceptible creatures to convey his goodness. And quite honestly, that amazes me each and every day. When I look in the mirror, and I see what I see, and some days it's not so great because I have bad days. Everybody has bad days. We all have good days and bad days, yet God continues to use us when we make ourselves available. So we can either be true conduits of this pure source, or we can be uh, contaminants of it, and it's a very heavy responsibility. Um, here are just a few pointers to help you guys be responsible in walking this out so if you guys are taking notes tonight i don't have a powerpoint or anything set up i do actually have a bunch of handouts for the end that you can take home Uh, but right now if you're taking notes you want to write this make sure your intentions are pure make sure your intentions are pure so when we're Talking about this in the context of giving a word to somebody or um, uh, giving a word of knowledge or giving a prophetic word, are you giving the word to be maybe connected more to the individual? Are you giving the word to make yourself feel better or uh, to make yourself feel proud of what you've just learned? Are you trying to prove something? are you doing it because it's expected of you and you don't want to somehow let leadership down these are all very valid questions I'm sure that we've all kind of gotten into those uh, ruts or notches somewhere along the line right so these are all questions for the heart Psalm 139 23 and 24 guys have your Bibles just turn there I like to hear the flicking of pages you guys are too quiet so I need to hear something out there so flip to your Bibles 139 most of you guys know this Psalm 139 23 to 24 and so funny because I said to Cyrus you know I was so proud of myself I remembered my uh, lapel mic and everything just in case it was needed and uh, halfway here I realized I forgot my Bible The Bible teacher forgot her Bible. It's not very good. (laughs) It's good. I have this. I don't usually use this. I usually use my 10-pound big Bible that I pack around. But my husband would be very proud of me for just using my phone tonight. So Psalm 139, 23, and 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me. That's a scary thing to ask God to do. Test me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And Psalm 24 talks about whoever has clean hands and a pure heart uh, will stand in the holy place of God. Now, in order to see his heart of mercy for others from that holy place, and to speak words of life that reconcile them with the Father. We have to have our heart in the proper place. So this is not about um, sozos and soul cares and theophastic prayer and going to conference after conference. This is not what I'm talking about. This is our daily walk that I'm talking about. His mercies are new every morning, which means every day you need to say, okay, Lord, What's there in my heart today that might be in the way of me being that vessel for you to use for somebody else? Because we're blessed to be a blessing. It's not about us. It's never about us. It's about how the Lord can use us, and we can be His hand extended. Luke six four. You guys can turn there. You don't have to if you don't want to. But Luke six four and Matthew twelve thirty four. Basically it states out of the abundance of the heart, you can finish that, the mouth speaks. Right, most people know these verses, but do we we know them and do we walk them out and do we live them daily in our lives? And that's, that's a challenge, right? So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Colossians 4, Verses five and six. I want you guys to turn to this one because I really like this one. And I'm gonna bring it up again in a few more minutes after we've initially gone through it. So Colossians 4, verses 5 and 6. Love this verse. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside. That word outside actually means outside of the church, like the body of Christ. Outside. Walk in wisdom towards those who are lost who don't know him walking wisdom towards those who are outside redeeming the time let your speech always be with grace seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer each one another scripture for you guys proverbs 22:11 write that down proverbs 22:11 Whoever loves a pure heart and grace, gracious speech will have the king as a friend. Whoever loves a pure heart and gracious speech will have the king as a friend. Now this scripture transitions at us a bit, bit because I want you guys to um, really kind of key in on the gracious speech part that word is the same hebrew word um, that describes how joseph joseph was uh like viewed upon by the pharaoh and also how he was viewed upon by the um i guess it would be like the manager of the prison or the prison master during those days they trusted him they listened to him why because joseph always acted in kindness and in wisdom how many of us can say that all day every day at our work we act with kindness and wisdom yet joseph was in a prison for three years and those were the aspects of his character that the leadership saw The next big um, uh, statement here I have that you can write down is weigh your words. And this, again, we're going to be talking about Colossians 4, verse 5 and 6. Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. When you're giving a word to somebody, make it clean Make it concise. Make it simple. Don't babble or throw in a bunch of idle words. Some of us are talkers. I'm one of them. So I like to, you know, all these things that I think should be added to what the word uh, is that I'm getting. Uh, don't overexplain. These are all really good things to put just kind of in a, you know, jot down underneath that heading of weigh your words, clean, concise, simple, no idle words, don't over explain, speak with gentleness and humility. Because even if your demeanor is not honored by that person and you end up being rejected, it will still be honored by God. And you're doing it unto the Lord anyways, aren't you? We're supposed to do everything as unto the Lord. So it's not about that person. It's about you being obedient to what the Word of God is telling you to do at that time and doing it in the way that he's telling you to do it so uh, these are just kind of functional things that I'm giving you now I don't know how have you guys gone over some of the chambles course yet yeah okay so i and just by the scope of the people in this room i know that lots of you have had lots of teaching lots of background on words of knowledge and prophetic and whatnot so um i'm not going to uh, beat a dead horse here but I, i just wanted to make things um yeah i just wanted to share things that i feel are are quite important or areas where i feel uh that i have heard people getting hurt in the past because of a lack Within the body of Christ. So we don't want that. We want to be good stewards of what the Lord has given us. That's our abilities and that's our speech. And uh, yeah, we want to be love to people, don't we? So, pertaining to words of knowledge, um, never call out the sin. So, uh, even if that's what you are shown. So, for example, if you are shown uh, that the person in front of you, and this this applies to even when you're ministering to people, when you're at the front ministering to somebody or when you know, you're even praying with a friend or, or whatever and you're shown a sin that's in their life or shown something over them, uh, never call it out. So if you're shown that they're dealing with pornography, then uh, speak purity over their lives. Just say, Lord, you know, I, I thank you that you're calling so-and-so to, uh, to such a pure life that would just honor you. You see how that goes you don't have to call out a sin you just call them to a higher place that's what you do first corinthians 14 3 right prophecy is given to edify exhort and comfort which is lift up build up cheer up lift up build up cheer up that's what those words mean they're simple it's god's heart for the person Know people by their heart, not their appearance. So this means don't speak out of the present condition of that person. You know, just because they look haggard and tired doesn't mean that, uh, you know, automatically you're going to be speaking to anxiety and stress in their life. Maybe they just had a long night with their baby being up or something. You know what I mean? Like, you, you don't speak to the, the appearance of the person. Um, if you are being led by the Spirit, then you should not, I repeat this, you should not be relying on your five senses. That would be a really good thing to write down. <laughs> if you are relying and being led by the Spirit, you're not relying on your five senses. Hebrews 5.14 says, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Our senses are great for discernment, but do not prophesy out of them. You guys see the difference? They're great for discerning things, but you don't prophesy out of those five senses. We are to use our five senses, but not be controlled by them. Rely more upon the spirit than upon the gift. How are you guys doing? Some of you who've taken my prophetic course before this, some of it may be repeat for you, but I find repetition is really great. I love repetition, because it gets it from here to here, right? First Corinthians two, this is where I was going to have my lovely Bible. And now I'm forced to read out of my phone. So first Corinthians chapter two, if you guys want to turn there, I want to hear flicking, flicking of Bible pages. There we go. And uh, we are reading verse I have 10 to 16 here, but I think I'm just going to read 11 and 12. So verse 11 and 12. Okay. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. We know things, know things because of the spirit of God, not because of our own ability. So when you uh, have somebody highlighted to you and you feel you have a word for them, that word has not come out of your own ability. That's come from the Spirit of God. That's what the scripture is saying. So do not attempt to be a mentalist and just read the person. Because this can happen and it can happen very easily. That's why I'm saying don't rely on your five senses do not attempt to just read the person because you know what that is this is so funny because i was writing this down i felt the lord say this is strange fire i'm like oh i know the story of strange fire leviticus 10 verse 1 is about the sons of aaron but i i had to look it up even further and see okay lord what are you saying here because i felt like it was a real chastising of the lord and uh, so I'm going to get to the story in just a second here. But our source is always the Father and Him alone. If we start to do things on our own strength, guess what? The fruit becomes rotten. It's like building a house with hay and with straw and with mud. It's just, it's not going to last and it's going to end up messy, Right? I mean that's what those kind of houses look like you want to sow gold and you want to sow silver into people's lives John 15 16 says you did not choose me but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit fruit that will last so back to the strange fire concept here Um, this strange fire concept also applies to talking spiritual With others and I'm using that in quotations here with my fingers talking spiritual with others so it's all good to talk about your spiritual experiences with people right it's good it's a good thing but we can be spiritual with people all day long and in the end if you're not giving them the gospel which is essentially Jesus it's strange fire do you get what I'm saying here because we can go out on the street and people are just hungry for the spirit realm And so usually a lot of them have attempted to go there by ways of not Jesus. So you get to start talking with them about, Oh, visitations and the angelic realm. And you know, you're having a great time talking with them and they're having a great time talking with you and you walk away and you realize, I didn't share the gospel, Jesus never came up. So you've talked spiritual with them, but what have you done? You've thrown strange fire. On the altar of the lord true prophetic words and speech always point to jesus and always give god the glory so leviticus 10 1. some of you are going what strange fire I've never heard that story before leviticus 10 talks about the sons of aaron who offered their fire to the lord um, now there was something about the fire that was brought, and the details are not quite given in the actual story, so we're not sure about it, but there's something about the fire that was brought that it was not commanded of the Lord, and so the sons ended up paying for it with their lives. So the story, uh, it talks essentially about unauthorized offerings, counterfeit worship. And I mean, our culture's ideation with angels and the spirit realm, like I was talking before, that's what it is, it's counterfeit worship. It's not to the true and living God. So it was a disregard basically for, uh, for the absolute holiness of God. And uh, I, I see it happen, you know, we talk the talk because it's culturally relevant. And guess what? The gospel transcends culture. That's what the kingdom of God is all about, you guys. And if we're giving people truth because that's what they're hungry for, it's gonna whet their appetite and they're gonna want more because they're gonna recognize it as truth. We don't have to just talk the talk to fit in or to be heard. The gospel's much bigger than that. God is much bigger than that. So a good word is like a good cup of coffee it's story time now so how many of you are coffee drinkers here all right that's yeah that's a that's a good amount of you and some of you don't want to raise your hand because you're it's your guilty pleasure (sighs) oh okay so what happened was in the middle of summer we were doing some uh painting in one of our rental houses and i was with um another lady who's our, our business partner and we it was so hot it was one of those like 30 degree days and the place that we were working at north end no air conditioning it was just still there was no wind no breeze and we were just dripping sweat as we were working and we were into our second or third hour i think and um, my friend's husband stops by and he's brought some drinks for us and so i just grab it and it's like it's this really weird color. It's in a McDonald's clear cup and it's this like weird beige color. Now, I have to uh, you know, set the stage a little bit beforehand. I'm not a coffee drinker. I've never been a coffee drinker because coffee irritates my stomach. And so I can't even remember ever if I had, obviously I had a cup of coffee because I realized about the stomach upset at some point but I don't remember even what it tastes like or whatever. So anyways, I'm holding this kind of beige colored thing, but it's like, whatever, it's cold and it's wet and it's going down because I am so hot. So I took a big swig of this and then I'm like, what is this delightful beverage that I'm drinking? And my friend looked at me and she's like, it's just an iced coffee from McDonald's and I'm like, iced coffee, and then I'm like iced coffee, 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 coffee. I sucked that thing back so fast, and I painted so fast after that, and I didn't have one gut problem at all. And that was the beginning of the end for me, because I've been drinking it ever since. Oh, my gosh. I know now. I understand what you guys see in it. (laughs) But let me tell you, it doesn't stop there, okay? So I went for these iced uh, coffees to McDonald's because, lo and behold, they were a dollar apiece all summer long, praise Jesus. So I went through the drive-thrus all the time getting these things. And I found that not every McDonald's makes their iced coffees the same. Yeah, somebody's nodding their head. And not everybody, even at the same McDonald's, makes their iced coffees the same. So the first time I got it, my friend told me that her husband orders it light sweet, which means half the amount of liquid sugar that they put in. So I'm going through the window. I'm like, I would like a medium iced coffee, please, light sweet. And so she hands me this thing, and I grab it, and it's like, Lukewarm, and there's a couple of sad-looking ice cubes laying on the top of it, and it's not stirred up properly. And there's like weird waves of cream in it. I'm like, "Well, it's not that wonderful beverage that I was partaking in earlier." So I stirred it up, and I tell you, I tried so many times to, you know, to have that same experience again and it was so hard but um I pushed through and I prevailed you guys (laughs) but the point is okay a good word back to my back to what I'm teaching on here a good word is like a good cup of coffee so it needs to percolate for a while right maybe double brew it yeah I know that term now double brewed Hmm? double brew it Uh, it's got to be prepared right and it has to be delivered properly in order to be enjoyed thoroughly. Everybody says amen to that, right? Okay. So let our words be the same. Let our words be the same. Okay. In the percolation of it, in the delivery of it, let the words that we give to people be the same like that good, enjoyable cup of coffee. So I don't like popcorn prophecy and who here knows what popcorn prophecy is. Yeah. It's actually something we're going to be doing later. So (laughs) it's just not my favorite. Um, Popcorn prophecy is basically when, you know, I look at Peter and I say, Peter, first word that's in your head right now for Deborah and Peter's like, uh, and then he throws me out the first word that comes to him. Okay because the premise is that we can't get our mind involved and it's so quick that you're generally going to hear what the Spirit of God places in you before your mind can get in the way. Okay, so it works for practice situations um, just to basically instill confidence and boldness that listen, when you're out in a grocery store and you don't have that time Maybe the person you know, in front of you, you feel like the Lord has a word for them and they are paying and they are on their way, that you know, you have the confidence that the Lord can, boom, just put something in your heart and in your mind, just like that for that person. And you can say, hey, you know, excuse me just for a second. So that's kind of what popcorn prophecy is. It's just the activation of you know, uh, getting you confident in hearing from the Lord. So, um, but I don't like it. And this is the reason why. Because God is never in a rush. In Isaiah, it says that God inhabits time. He's not controlled by it. Unlike some people in this world, like all of us. So in YWAM, I spent a number of years with Youth with a Mission, and I was taught in YWAM that if you are being forced into a decision quickly, then it's not of God. That's just how he operates. The enemy is the one who uh, forces us into making these anxious and hasty decisions because guess what? That's when you make a mistake. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. When you have to make a quick decision, it's usually the wrong one. So, I don't like popcorn prophecy because god is never in a rush and the world is and we are to be in the world but not of it we are this fast food instant gratification get it quick um, get it now quick fix culture and you know what when we try to impose those ways upon the lord it's just not honoring to him the lord is slow And he's meticulous and he is purposeful in all of his ways. But we love quick results, don't we? You guys are afraid to nod your heads. It's okay. We we like quick results. We get, you know, excited. Um you know, I just think of all of the crusades that have gone on around the world in the years past, and we get so excited with. You know the hundreds of thousands that receive salvation but the scary part is that when you go and you 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 do the the check you know uh, a few years later um, you see that w- without constant follow-up without constant discipleship for those people that they backslide and uh, you know they never come to that full saving knowledge of Jesus because it's just been this quick thing that's been all oh, this is this is what we need to do because everybody else is going up and we're going to get on the bandwagon I'm going to repeat it the Lord is slow and meticulous and purposeful in his ways he will put you in a desert for 40 years just to teach you obedience as the Israelites he will put you in a prison For three years, just to teach you humility, ask Joseph. Psalm 103 verse seven says that he made his, what? His ways known to Moses. Psalm 95 and Hebrews three says that God, and this is a strong word, God loathed, loathed the israelite generation because they erred in their heart and they did not know his ways i never want god to loathe me that just sends a chill down my spine it makes me grievous i want to know his ways so herein comes the challenge that I believe Holy Spirit is giving the church right now. And this is kind of the new thing, although it's not a new thing, it's a very old thing. This is the new thing that I've added to my prophetic teaching. What God calls us to um, is more than just haphazard interludes with people. Now. As I'm talking about this, I, I don't want you guys to think that, you know, don't go out there on the streets and, you know, have these, you know, uh, you know meetings you know, and connections with people even though you may never see them again. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just I'm giving a challenge here, okay, in your everyday lives. The church grew in Acts. Why? Because people discipled other people. Now, these nights are meant to equip you for, uh, like I say, those brief interactions with people. And I'm not disagreeing with that because sometimes that is all we have. Sometimes. But what if I challenge you to more today? What if God is challenging us all to more? What if his heart is at these brief moments where you connect with people were to actually give way to discipleship? Like actual discipleship. You see, it's not about just giving people an experience. It's about offering them salvation. And I think a lot of times we miss that. We can't just hand people this package and say that it's all about love because love is like this key word now in our culture that just weaves its way through everything and it's completely lost its meaning and it's not just all about love i'm sorry if, if that's news to you today but it's not just all about love the whole book of acts is the early church right how many times in the book of acts do we see the word love does anybody know That's not a three, it's a zero. The word love is not mentioned once in the book of Acts. Now, this is just very interesting to me. Don't get me wrong, okay? Love is foundational in our delivery. Okay, 1 Corinthians 13. It's foundational in our delivery and in our intent, but it's not everything. It's not the full gospel. Just because you go and love on somebody, that's not the full gospel. There's more. There's more that we're not giving people. And I think that, I want to be careful with my words here. I just think this is a new challenge for the ones who are hearing this word. That the book of Acts is where the church started and the church grew and the church exploded and there's something in that that we need to grasp onto because obviously we've lost it we've lost it because people are leaving the church like they're just dropping like flies and there's a reason there there's a reason there because people are just not being discipled so the full gospel The full gospel is not just love it's about repentance you guys we've lost that word somewhere it's about repentance and it's about belief and it's about picking up our cross daily and following him it's about obeying him as an outworking of our love we're commanded to obey him if you love me you'll obey my commands anything less than that it's just not the full gospel it's a different jesus Paul said in Acts 20 that he did not neglect to give them at Ephesus the whole counsel of God. And guess what? Does anybody know how long Paul was at Ephesus for? He was there for about two and a half years. And when you look at different discipleship uh, programs that go into, uh, like that some churches have done, it's actually like a two, two and a half year formula that disciples a person when they are in some churches when you uh, say to them okay I have a vision I have a vision and I want to start a church and they say okay we're going to disciple you for two years and if you still have that same vision at the end of two years then you'll be ready to go ahead and pastor church two and a half years Paul spoke at Ephesus and he discipled them and he gave them the whole counsel of God so I believe that you know we're the church I'm just saying the church as a whole, I mean, it doesn't mean every church, it just means that there's there's some areas where we've just sugar-coated and glamorized the gospel, right? I mean, you can turn on the TV and see that. We create this false, easy faith, you know, that's just about socialization, or just about a country club type theme, just about, oh, being good and doing the right thing. And then we wonder why people fall away from it, because it's not the gospel. You know, why are there so many prodigals? And I venture to say that it's because a large majority of the people who've come to the Lord, they just, they have not been taught the full gospel from the get-go. So when things get hard, they say, see ya, I didn't sign up for that. Well, they'd be right, because they signed up for a cakewalk instead of being a suffering servant. Because that's what we've given them oh once you come to the lord things are going to be so great and wonderful and perfect oh my gosh that's a lie <laughs> it's just that the hard times you get to go to you get to have him to walk through with you it's not that there's not going to be hard times there are going to be hard times the bible promises us that there will be trial and tribulation but i see so many people dropping away from the faith this is what i'm seeing I'm seeing them say, it's just too hard. Then you never knew the full gospel to begin with. Because Jesus came as a servant and he suffered. And how much more we as servants are to follow our master? Okay, you guys are getting preached out here. (laughs) So the call is to repentance, right? The journey is to freedom and people need truth. Plain and simple, people need truth. And our primary calling is to give them truth. So our delivery system is where that love comes in. Our message is one of love, for God so loved the world, but we're called to deliver the whole counsel of God, not just make doctrine out of one aspect, right? So how do you deliver the whole counsel of God to people? We come back to this, you disciple them. So what does that look like? That maybe looks like uh, Rhonda. I'm going to pick on you. Maybe looks like Rhonda in, uh, you know, in Sobeys one day. And uh, she's walking down the aisle and she sees this uh, lady there who is quite pregnant, very pregnant. And uh, she just really feels like uh, she wants to ask that lady if she can just pray a quick blessing over that child. And so she goes over to her and she says, you know, I just... Um, I really feel like I just want to say a simple prayer for the health and well-being of your baby. Would you let me do that? And immediately the girl starts weeping. Now, what is Rhonda going to do? Is she going to say, oh, I bless you, and, and, you know, Lord, keep that baby healthy, and then walk away? I hope not. Because I think God is calling us to more than just having this tiny little interaction and leaving that person with an experience, but no salvation. What if Rhonda were to say, you know what, here's my email or here's my number. If you'd like me to pray with you again, um, or if you'd like to just go out for coffee, you know, I'm, I'm just, I would be willing to do that with you. And you know, I, I have the Lord and he's made such a difference in my life. And uh, I think he could do the same for you. This isn't hard. This isn't hard. It may take rehearsing some simple sentences in your mind so that you're prepared, but it's not hard. Is it inconvenient? Yes. Will it get messy? Probably. Is it of God? Absolutely. Let's get inconvenient. Let's get messy. I have a great story about inconvenience and messiness. Um, I wasn't actually going to talk about this, but I think I am. Uh, I worked with somebody once, and uh, it was at a medical clinic. And nobody there liked her, because she was different. She was just one of those people that uh, had the loudest laugh, and. She had funny jokes, but she'd laugh at her own jokes way too loud. And uh, she was just kind of quirky, and she was just different. And she just didn't give a rip what anybody else thought about her. And that confuses people, I think, sometimes. So uh, her name was Esther. And Esther and I became really good friends. And uh, through the next number of years, Esther started to decline in her health. And it came to the point where Esther just about became homeless. Um, We stepped in and we offered her one of our rental places and I made sure she had groceries and when she needed medications, we'd buy her medications. And um, it got to the point actually after about, I don't know, maybe a six year, seven year period where I'd see my phone ringing or I'd see the five page text. That was a short one on my phone. And I'd be like, oh Lord, when is this gonna stop? But each time I would just ask the Lord for more grace and just to love her. And she said to me one day about, it was about six or seven years into our relationship things were just dire for her just dire and uh, she said to me she said you know jess she said when you ask if you can pray for me she said it's the first time in my life that i think i've experienced love and she said that to me a couple of times after that and that's what continued to fuel me when it was inconvenient and when it was messy and each time then that i looked at my phone i was like okay lord i can do this because she's feeling your love and she's getting the salvation message because believe you me i gave it to her and i knew that she had come to a saving knowledge of the lord in that time she had had some background before but i i i knew in my heart that uh, she had repented and that she believed she believed and now when I look at my phone um, I don't think anymore where's the inconvenience because Esther has passed away she actually passed away in the spring and uh, and I had to repent I had to say Lord I'm sorry for thinking that your work for me on this earth was somehow inconvenient in my life. That somehow it messed with my schedule. Is it really our schedule to begin with? Is anything ours? Really, when you think about it? No, it's not. It's just not. So I actually, I I rejoice that she is with the Lord now because during the last few years of her life it was just so difficult she got to the place where she just couldn't get out of that pit and I couldn't help get her out either and so it was actually mercy that the Lord took her and I know she's there with him in glory and so I can I can say that story with a smile and it taught me something and it taught me something that hopefully I can pass on and teach you guys Um, just to have your heart open to the Spirit of God and um, put your schedule aside and just ask the Lord what he wants you to do and who he wants you to take on. Who are you to disciple? Romans 10, verse 14 and 15. I'm just gonna read it for you guys here. Romans 10, verse 14 and 15. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. You know, Matthew 28 commissions all of us to go into the world and make disciples. We are mandated to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, Ephesians 6.15. The preparation of the gospel means we have to prepare something. We have to know what we're going to say. The Bible mandates us to be ready in season and out, 2 Timothy 4.2 and that we give a reason for our hope, 1 Peter 3.16. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for who you are and for who you have created us to be. And Lord, I pray that these truths that are in your word, Lord, some truths that may have been dampened down by a wet blanket, Father, Lord, that you'd start to bring them up again, and Lord, that you would remind us, God, that it's about bringing people who are lost into a right and living relationship with you, Father, so that they can have the hope of glory just as we do, and Father, would you use us Lord, even in a new way from this moment on. And Father, even if right now there are people here who are listening to this today, God, who you are just highlighting certain people in their minds, in their hearts, people who maybe they have turned aside because of a busy schedule. We're all guilty of it. So we just declare there's no condemnation here today from that, okay? We repent and we move on that's how the lord has made it for us okay we repent and move on and so lord would you just bring up those people today in the hearts and minds of individuals and lord even as we go from here onwards that uh lord the people that we meet father some of them are brief interludes Uh, there's nothing wrong with that but lord the ones who you have brought into our lives who we are to walk with on a more consistent basis father would you just give us the strength give us the strength and the fortitude of heart to be able to take this on lord knowing that it's not in our strength that we do it but it's in yours father showing your heart throwing showing your heart to the individuals that you bring us near so father we thank you we thank you for what you're doing here. And Lord, we give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Father, give us a heart for your people and let us see through your eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. That's not even the end of my message, you guys. I Just need a quick drink. Are You guys doing all right? You okay? So I'm, um, I apologize, but I'm gonna kind of shift gears. little bit here because i want you to be prepped a little bit before we do a quick activation so going back to you know giving a prophetic word to somebody and um or giving a word of knowledge to somebody Uh, so getting a prophetic word sometimes comes with a picture or a word first how many people are picture people okay good majority how many people are word people okay and how many people are both Okay, so yeah, it's actually quite a similar number for all of those, which is amazing. Um, So guess what? The picture of the word, that's just God getting our attention. Okay, that's all that is. And then we need to tune into him to find out the rest of the story. Paul Harvey's the rest of the story. Okay, so feel what he's feeling. Feel what he's feeling. We prophesy out of intimacy with the Holy Spirit, right? We don't prophesy from our five senses. We don't prophesy from our own ability. We prophesy out of intimacy with God. So God, show me your heart for this person. That should be your first prayer. I mean, that should be something that just resonates within you whenever you're you know, meeting somebody and you have this inkling that the Lord might have something for them. Lord, give me your heart for this person. Will he give you a scripture? Will he draw your attention to something in the natural? I don't know. Um, Sorry, I'm just taking a break here because I feel I have a word for somebody. Um, It's you, can I come over to you? Is that all right? In the back row there. Can I come over to you or you wanna, yeah. Is this gonna, Cyrus, is this microphone gonna go over here? Is it gonna squeal? Okay don't want to squeal anybody's ears okay so I forget your name again I'm sorry Liz Liz. okay so it's funny because earlier today I think it was today or maybe it was yesterday I don't know I've got a bit of a chaotic life right now so one day kind of melds into the next but I was lying down and I was saying Lord do you have something for somebody tonight and if you do would you just give it to me and I saw this lady walking on a tightrope and she was pregnant but i knew that it wasn't in the physical don't get worried (laughs) i knew knew it wasn't in the physical because what was happening is this lady was walking the tightrope and um i'm just going to say it was you because that's kind of who i saw and uh your arms were kind of teetering out you know trying to get your balance and there's this big belly, you know, and you're, you're just, you're trying to balance so much. And I felt like um, that was a picture of you maybe trying to balance like a vision or, you know, something that the Lord is birthing inside of you. And you're trying to balance it with everything else that's happening right now. And it's just not working. It's just not working. And I felt like there was a release there that the because what I saw, this big belly, you know, in movies or TVs or TV shows where the belly is removable, it's just on the woman with the strap because they're not really pregnant, they're just acting like they're pregnant. So I saw this belly with these straps, and he just click, click, and he just removed it from you for a time and he set it aside. And he said, It's okay, just worry about walking that tightrope right now. And don't worry about that, you can pick it up later. It's okay. So I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm just gonna pray for you, okay? So Father, I just thank you for this word. I thank you that, Lord, we don't have to manage everything alone. And Lord, there are things that sometimes we carry that, that you have given to us, but they've become more burdensome than you have meant them to become. And so Father, for that right now in this is life, I ask that you would help to unclick, Father, that weight, uh, that has become weightier than it should be. And Father, that you would just take it for a time until she is strong enough and um, grounded enough on her two feet to be able to take it up again. And so Father, we just bless her in this. We bless that vision, that thing that that is being birthed within her, Father, that thing that she is carrying that is com- completely of you, God. This is just helpful for... You know, you can listen to how I heard something and say, oh yeah, I've heard something like that before, but I didn't know it was the Lord or, you know, whatever. It's just, it's it's helpful to hear how other people hear sometimes, even though we're not all going to hear the same. Okay, God loves diversity. And so we're each going to hear differently than the other person, and that's a good thing. So uh, one of these instances where I had a prophetic word over the lady was uh, a friend of mine who's, Uh, who works in leadership at a church called me in she said we need you there we want you to pray um, you know about church leadership and about church stuff right now we've got some stuff going on we want to just see what your take is she's like i'm not going to give you any background i hate it when people do that and so so i'm going in there and we're praying and this other lady's there too whom i i don't know from joe blow i've never met her before and we were talking about the church a little bit and um I I saw the word sometimes sometimes I see words and I saw the word long term and I saw it over her and I I started to say to her you know because I I was I was talking about people who are meant to be in the church and plugged into their their certain home church for a long period of time then other people are pioneering people and the Lord will take them to this church and then they'll accomplish what they were sent there to do, and then he'll move them to this church, and they'll accomplish what they were sent there to do, and so on and so forth, whereas other people are long-termers. So I saw over this lady that she was a long-termer, and so I looked at her, and I said, I said, you're here long-term. I said, how long have you been here for? And she was a young girl, you know, she was like late 30s, and uh, she said, I've been here for 13 years, and i said and you know you're probably not leaving anytime soon right And she said i know that i'm here she said i love the people here i just love them she said i just walk through this stuff with them because their church going through a bit of upheaval right now she said i just walk with them and i just love them and all of a sudden whoosh i just felt the welling up of tears in me and i know because it's familiar to me now what that is And that's me feeling the delight of the Lord for that person. And so I was able to express, I said, I'm just gonna say the word Sharon because I can't remember her name even. I said Sharon, I said, the Lord is so delighted with, with you and how you've been obedient to him here and something just struck a chord in her and she just started weeping and it was just a very it's just a beautiful time of communion between her and the lord just getting the encouragement that she needed but it started just with this word that i saw okay um another time this actually was just a few weeks ago um i was uh in the same room as a a, a pastor and we were at different tables and so i had he had come over and said hi to me earlier and then he went off to his table and all through the sermon actually uh at the there was like a lunch after the sermon so um all through the sermon i was looking at him and, and this picture kept coming to my mind of an arrow like you know one of those kind of old-time arrowheads on the spears that what you like a, i guess it's a spear and that's the i don't know the jargon you guys okay you know what i'm getting at anyways that's the picture i saw And i saw this arrow and oh my gosh the point the tip of this arrow was so sharp so sharp and as i was listening to him preaching and as i was sensing this picture in my head and then the scripture came to me as iron sharpens iron and i thought okay i i know the message for this guy and then i saw this tip of this arrow pierce this membrane just lickety split like uh you know, hot knife and butter. And I thought, okay, I have a word for this man, but I don't know this man. He doesn't know me. Um, you know, and I just said, like I usually do in these situations, I said, Lord, if this is of you, if this is something I am to give him now, then would you make the opportunity, right? Because I don't want to force something if it's not God's timing, because guess what? Then it falls flat. Okay, the anointing isn't there. So later on we we're having lunch, he's still at his table and We were all going and I thought, well, he's not going to come up to me again because he's already introduced himself. But lo and behold, he was passing by my table and I guess I caught his attention. He turned to me like he was going to walk away and he turned back. He said, hey, I just wanted to say hi again and, you know, welcome and da, da, da. And I started talking with him a little bit and chit chat. And then there was a bit of a pause near the end of the conversation that I felt, okay, this is it's comfortable now it's okay i said you know i said i i just want to ask if um you'd allow me to release a word to you and he's like sure no problem you know and so i told him i said i see you as this arrow and i said the tip of the arrow is so so very pointy and sharp and i said just like iron sharpens iron i said i can i can sense that you have been teachable and you've had humility of spirit to allow other people to speak into your lives, to form who you are. And that tip is going to pierce the membrane. I said, I don't know if you understand what that means. And he starts shaking his head. And he's like, Oh my gosh. He said, me and a few other people in this congregation, we've been praying and praying and doing, we're looking for breakthrough and, da, da, da. and I said, well, I said, be encouraged because I saw that tip pierce the membrane. So there, so breakthrough is coming. And so he was very encouraged about that. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's exciting, right? It's exciting when you can deliver something that's of the heart of God. And uh, it's just fun. It's just fun. Uh, So a couple more here. Um, Who here remembers my pineapple story from when they've listened to me before? You guys don't remember my pineapple story? either, do you. Some people are in trouble after this. Okay, so pineapple story and Deb, you too. I was going to say shame on you, but I don't put that on you. Oh, I <laughs> it's okay, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, so Keith Miners, who here knows Keith Miners? You've heard him speak? Okay, so uh, I was under his teaching one evening, and he was saying, let's just ask the Lord if he has something for somebody in our life the next day, like a co-worker or somebody on the bus or family member or whatever. So I was praying, and this picture of this girl showed up in my head and um so i'm self-employed so i don't have co-workers but i go to an office to take my medical samples there and so at that office there's a few people that i I interact with and so this one person uh she came to mind and then i said okay lord what do you have for her and immediately the picture of a pineapple came into my head okay some people are going ah yeah yeah okay deb still no all right pineapple and first of all i'm like am i hungry because seriously okay that you you want to be able to die to your own imaginations when you're trying to listen to the voice of god right so i'm like okay lord i really need like something real you know like what like what's the word for this girl and again the stupid pineapple picture i couldn't get rid of this pineapple picture and so i said okay lord pineapple what about the pineapple and I couldn't go any further. Remember I said a picture or a word is just used to get your attention and then tune into the Lord to get more? The more did not come in this instance. And so then the next thing that came into my mind, I guess that was the more, was buyer a pineapple. I'm like, oh dear Lord, what is this going to look like? Never ask the question, what is it going to look like, okay? It's going to look dumb. You're going to look dumb, but guess what? Our reputation is supposed to be on the floor anyways, right? When we do the work of the Lord. It's about Him. So the next day, I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. So I went to Sobeys because I knew I had to drop by the office later that day. I went to Sobeys. I went to the section where they have pineapples. And, well, they got the real pineapples there, like, that haven't been cut up and then they got the cut up ones in the container and I'm like which one am I supposed to buy nothing I'm not getting anything the Lord is not answering me so forget it I'll just buy both so I'm walking out of Sobeys with my pineapple shooting out of its bag and the other one there in the plastic container and I go to work and this girl's name is Ellie and she's like always kind of dressed in black and very quiet and just not the type of person that I really kind of feel an instant connection with right away. And so I went luckily she was in the back office alone. So went into this back office and I said, uh, Ellie, I said, this is going to sound really funny. I said, but, um, you know, last night I just was praying for my coworkers and, uh, your name came up. And I just really felt like God wanted me to bring you a pineapple today. Blank expression on this girl's face. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I've done it now. I have stepped over that crazy line, okay? There is no coming back from this. So I I proceeded just to, I'm just going to be me, so no apologies take the pineapple out and put it on her desk. And I said, you know, I said, I don't know that you like pineapple. I said, but I got, you know, the actual pineapple. And then I got one that's cut up. because I thought, well, you're not going to have a knife at work. You know, I can be able to cut it. So I'll give you this instead. And I said, she's still just quiet, right? And so then finally, I looked at her and I said, do you like pineapple? And she looked at me and she said, actually, she said, I'm allergic to most fruits great strike two okay so first i'm crazy now i'm gonna kill her okay so anyways i looked at her and it looked like she wanted to say more and i said oh i said you're allergic to most fruits and then she got this look on her face and she said yeah but the funny thing is pineapple is one of the only fruits that i can eat and then i was like yes lord (laughs) Because there that girl was and I looked at her and I said Ellie I said God knew that I said I didn't I couldn't have any clue about that but God wanted to bless you today and here's your pineapple and then I was able to pray with her that her allergies would disappear you know so God just if we allow him to if we allow ourselves to look the fool he will bring such beauty out of it he'll bring such beauty out of it guess what? If you fall flat on your face, then big deal. You just get back up again, right? Uh, A couple other little illustrations here. Um, I have a really fun one that actually includes Heidi Baker. Who here knows who Heidi Baker is? Okay. Has anybody remembered? Does anybody remember this story from the school? Yeah. You'll know halfway through. It's like the pineapple story, right? Oh yeah. That's what she did. Okay so i was going to this conference where heidi baker was speaking and i i had been kind of on a run with the lord in prophetic words where he would give me a word for somebody who was coming to speak or somebody that was in leadership and it was just really kind of um, banging out any sense in me of um this is my ability (laughs) because i knew that i couldn't do it if it wasn't god and I didn't want to do it because it's leadership, because it's an important person. It's somebody that we're looking up to that you don't want to make a fool of yourself in front of. It's one thing if I make a fool of myself in front of you know this person that I see a couple times a week, whatever, I don't know her, she's an acquaintance. But it's another thing if this person is world renowned, right? That's how we think. That's how I thought. So going to this conference with Heidi Baker, And I was having some quiet time with the Lord. And the Lord said, tell her the spider's legs are being (laughs) severed. No, Lord. No, no. I think I heard wrong on that one. Let's pray again. Tell her the spider's legs are being severed. So I wrote it down, because that's always what I do, even if it doesn't make sense. I wrote it down okay so i have this stupid paper with me it says a spider's legs are being severed and i'm like lord i am not giving this word to this woman unless literally you put me face to face with her and i don't have to do anything of my own ability to get near her that's how it's going to be i was basically telling them how it was going to be okay don't ever do that it's just a recipe for disaster okay so We walk in and because I was with some of the leadership, they seated us near the front and I didn't realize how near the front of this conference I was going to be until we got up to the second row behind all the guest speakers and directly in front of me, the seat said Heidi Baker. Great. Now I am absolutely right behind this woman and I have no excuse not to give the word to her. So anyways, if any of you have been in a conference with Heidi Baker, she comes in not usually about midway through the worship service and she is a worshiper. She is an absolute worshiper. She just laid her coat down on the floor and she just started worshiping the Lord and weeping. And I was like, see Lord, I can't give it. I can't give it because this is not the time and this is not the place so it's not gonna happen so I was telling him something about what he was telling me so anyways as the evening goes on she speaks it's absolutely wonderful Um, I was I don't know laying in a pile of anointing um, at the end of the conference and I couldn't get up and the next day comes I'm like okay well that it didn't work so Lord I was there and she was there but it just it was not the right time and I could feel it wasn't the right time so I wasn't gonna push it I wasn't gonna be one of those people so I just thought I knew everything about this and that was it until the next morning when my roommate and I were heading down to the church so we hit the elevator button elevator opens guess who's looking right at us Heidi Baker she's in the same hotel as we are great step into the elevator and my heart is racing and like I'm the same elevator as Heidi Baker and I have a word for her and I don't know that I'm supposed to give it and I'm just going to miss my opportunity because I'm so nervous and we we're talking and she's just she's the most incredible person because she's just so authentic she's just real like what you see is what you get with her and is just chatting us up in the elevator and and um Da 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 da, how are you? How's the weather? Where are you from? Da da da. And then the elevator door opened and we got out and they went around the back and we went out the front. And I'm like, okay, now I feel really awful. Now I'm repentant because I was given this chance in front of this woman in a very safe, isolated setting with just my friend and her and her friend. And I blew it. And I was like, my friend and i just started walking it was very cold and windy and uh, we were walking to the church and trudging along and just like i'm so sorry lord i i repent please forgive me i repent that i'm not going to be able to get a sword to her and then a van comes driving along and the window rolls down and this lady in the van says hey are you guys heading to such and such a church Would you like a ride it looks cold out i'm like oh yes it's very cold out thank you very much so she opens up the big van door it's heidi's personal shuttle van there's heidi hi again you're the girls from the elevator i'm like oh lord you're so good you're so good i was so repentant for not being able to give that word. And he provided me with another opportunity to give that word to her. So I thought, okay, I know this is it. This is third time around a charm, right? So I said, okay, Lord, I'm willing now. I'm willing to look the fool. And I will give her this word if you give me an opening in the conversation. So we sat in the back, Heidi was in the middle there. And then the driver was in the front. And we started talking and joking and um, she started talking about food and i started talking about food and i'm like i've never been able to gain weight in my life and she grabbed my hand she's like i want your anointing (laughs) she's like seriously pray for me right now she's just so much fun right and so that kind of broke open you know the conversation and i said listen i said i've been holding this in i said i really feel like i have a word from you i said i at that point, I said, I, I, I didn't know anything about her ministry. I knew about her, but I didn't know about her ministry or what was happening at that particular moment in time with her ministry. And I said to her, I said, The word of the Lord to you is the spider's legs are being severed. I was not prepared for the response, you guys. She threw her hands up in the air and she was like, Praise the Lord! just freaking out on me i'm like i guess this is a good thing i guess there was different like spokes of her uh, ministry that were being attacked and so for her the spider's legs are being severed was was the enemy's grip on these different branches was being severed and so it spoke to her it didn't make sense to me so it's okay if the word that you're giving doesn't make sense to you necessarily Because the person who's receiving it, that's who it's for. It's not for you. It's for them. Okay? You guys all right? Okay. I think we're past our time here, so if you guys want to fellowship uh, a couple more minutes in your group or move the chairs back, and uh, bless you guys. It was wonderful seeing you tonight and being able to bring the word to you, and I just pray that Holy Spirit would go with you and breathe